page do you think, what chapter do you think we should be at in Luke? Six? Yeah, we're going to end up in six. We're going to start on 11. Do you know why we're going to start on 11? Because if you're reading through your Bible, or reading through the book of Luke, especially this month, you'll have all 24 chapters done by Christmas, and you'll have a synopsis, a condensed version of the life of Christ laid, in, laid out before you. It starts with the birth and ends with the crucifixion and resurrection. Actually, is where it ends. And uh, you'll have read through the book of Luke at a more befitting time of the year. And that would be through this holiday season. I'm uh, looking forward to what we have presented tonight. This afternoon, I'll be over at the... Uh, High school at 3 o'clock for the Powers Where America shops. I'll be at the Powers there leading in their uh, prayer for their special. So if you have something you'd like to accomplish this afternoon, you can go over to the high school and see their Christmas program for Powers, which is goodwill to the community. And uh, I, I shop there. And... Uh, if you ever have to sleep in this church, you'll sleep on a bed that was taken here from Powers, and I have no problem with that. Uh, <laughs> my wife says, don't tell everybody that. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 11. You can start the machine. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. We're going to start there in Luke 11. Oh, about verse 27. There's a whole lot in this portion of Luke here. You're going from uh, the Beatitudes into uh, stories and parables and, and all kinds of neat stuff. And there, you, there's just a multitude of lessons to be learned. And uh, one thing that was consistently spoke out to me is what we're going to look at today. I says, and it's about the third or fourth time I've read through the, that portion and it just keeps jumping up. And you'll see it here in just a moment. And it came to pass, we're in Luke chapter 11, verse 27. And it was at the end of a lot of uh, a divided house cannot stand, a lot of different things, uh, heavy stuff about uh, unclean spirits and the battles we face as Christians. And it uh, kind of culminates here with verse 27. It moves on. The, Jesus just started speaking to a group of people, or just finished, rather, speaking to a group of people about the, a divided house and how uh, if people are pulling in two different, three different directions, nothing gets accomplished at minimum, and it won't last. Uh, one of the unique things about our government is we have three portions of government that tend to lead, and if they're uh, working together, we get a lot accomplished, as yeah, long as it's along God's lines. Uh, as far as our measurement towards his, towards him is concerned. But if we uh, strife and pull against one another, it's hard to get anything accomplished. So in verse 27, a lady is enthralled with that, and she comes to God in verse 27, and it is come to pass as he spake these things, that would be Jesus, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice, and she said to him, Blessed is the womb, that bear thee, and the paps which thou hast suckled. 
It's talking about uh, Jesus Christ's mother. And that's, a, that's a, almost a quote. She was, in, she was encouraged by the Spirit to bring a blessing uh, out loud to Jesus Christ from Luke chapter 1, verse 28. I'll read it to you, Luke 1, 28. I doubt if she ever, uh, book of Luke hadn't been given to her yet. Jesus Christ was just at the beginning of her, his ministry. The book of Luke wasn't written for another 50 to 70 years. And Luke chapter 1 Verse uh, 28, did I say? It says there, And the angels came in unto her, being the Virgin Mary, and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And here she is blessing the results of that union with the Holy Spirit and mankind. And uh, she says, Blessed art thou. But he said, Jesus Christ said in response unto her, Yea, rather blessed, and this is, they're exchanging formalities to a degree, but it's a, it's a, a union, it's a, they're both pulling in the same direction. She's praising God, and he's praising the people that praise God. And he says, even better than the people that praise God right now, right here, as I stand in front of you, will be the people that praise God later. And it says there, but he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. We are grafted in, it says in Romans chapter 11, into the Hebrew faith in the one God, the triune God, by the word of God. And I, that, that particular thing, this is the third time, if you're reading through the book of Luke, you've passed something quite like that. I'll go back to uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 21. Luke chapter 8, verse 21. Again, Luke chapter 8, 21, Jesus talks about his true kin. Starts out in verse 19. And they came to him, his mother and his brethren, and, and could not come at him for the press. He's got his family way out on the outskirts he's preaching to a crowd and they want to visit with him they want to see him they want to talk to him and it was told him by certain which said thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee yes jesus christ had brothers and sisters he know he knows what it's like to come from a broken home broken home was he wasn't there with his he was there with his earthly father, but in reality, his earthly father was not his father. And he had brothers and sisters that were half-brothers and sisters. He understands. He comes from those kind of circumstances. He, he knows that those circumstances aren't ideal, but they're still not so wrong that nobody else can come from them and be successful. There's hope there for anybody from any home they're from. And here he is, chosen and selected, and stands in front of them. And they answered him and said unto, and he answered them and said unto them, answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. You're considered his brother and his sister as much as his earthly brothers and sisters were. If you hear the word of God and act upon it, 
hear the word in God, of God and do it. You're grafted in spiritually. You're physically his brothers and his sisters. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters around here. And that's why I was really impressed today. Brother White came to me, and, uh, I'm, and I love calling him my brother because I'm proud of him. He comes to church quite often. He's my brother. And he believes in the same God I believe in. And he's accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And today he looked out for me with a little picture on his phone and says, is this your phone? And I go, yeah, where'd they find it? And he told me it's at the grocery store. We look out for one another as brothers and sisters. Not a big deal. But he thought enough of me as a brother in Christ to bring it out here. I knew I lost it. I lost it either shoveling the snow here or getting in the parking lot uh, over at the grocery store, and they found it on the par- in the parking lot. We'd been back there two or three times with flashlights last night. And the Lord only had me worry about six, eight hours. And here, before I start church, the Lord settled my mind on that issue through another brother in Christ. Was it a great big deal he did? No, but it was a big deal. It was, still was a big deal. And that's how we can help one another out as brothers and sisters. We look out for one another. We fellowship with one another. We encourage one another. We help one another as best we can. I don't look a lot for a lot out of Travis. I don't look for a lot out of anybody. I get my faith and trust and I, my comfort from the Lord. But once in a while, he encourages one of us to help some, each one of us out. And it's a real blessing. My mother and my brethren are those which hear the word of God and do it. I was comforted by these verses. It'd be probably 40 years ago when my mother said, I don't want to see you again because you're not of the faith I am. You're one of those Baptist freaks, those born-again believers. And I don't listen to what you say or even what the Bible says. I listen to what my priest says. Who are you following today? Who, in fact, is your mother, your brother, and your fellow believers, your brothers and sisters? Who are you? Who are you branded with? Who are you accompanied with? God wants us to respect our families, and I did, and for years. And eventually my father and my mother came to know Jesus Christ as their personal saviors. And that was really a blessing. I still reverenced them. I respected them. But at the same time, I did not have even... My mother didn't speak to me for over 20 years. The last... The last time I spoke to my mother was six hours before she died. And she prayerfully accepted Christ as her personal Savior. She wanted to watch my life to see if I was going to live and hear what God's word had to say. She wanted to judge in the, your neighbor as well as your mother and your brother and your unsaved sister and the rest of your family. They're all watching you to know if you're going to hear God's word and do it. I've had people preach to me who didn't know a thing about God's word and still knew what it said about what they were up to or what I was up to. God counts you as a brother and sister in Christ. 
If you do it, if you hear his word and do it. Now, are you going to do it perfectly? Uh-huh. Hey, <laughs> I come along, I fall short of the mark. That's called sin. That's what sin means, falling short of the mark. But at least I get out there on the range and I drop my pistol down and I look and I do the best shot I can take. I might fall short of the mark, but the Lord knows I'm out there trying. And he knows that. And he'll bless you. Let's go back again. So that's that. Hear God's word and do it. Blessed. What are you going to get when you hear God's word and do it? You're going to become a child of the king. You're going to become a a brother and sister to the Lord. Let's go back to the first time I seen it, recognized it. Now, it may show earlier than that, but I haven't found it again. But it comes again in Luke chapter 6, verse 47. A house built upon a rock. We'll start in verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? God's real serious about this family thing, isn't he? He's real serious about this brother and sister thing. What does he base it on? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Now, he doesn't say you're you're wrong if you're not successful doing them, but he wants you to at least try. He wants you to come to him, hear him, and do with those things, and what will you be like? He's given you another blessing. The first blessing was salvation, and we'll finish up there with how you can get saved. But we want I wanted to lay this from the, big, from the most important and work my way back. The second thing he gives you is brothers and sisters in Christ, a help, a community. I'm thinking of your husband, Brother McCoy, when he called when his truck was sitting on the bay and the tide's rising. He called everybody he could, and we've had some other calls like that. That's a great thing for brothers and sisters to pick. Where was it? Too, not too long ago, somebody was out. At, was that your husband again? He was out in the he was out in the ocean there, and he was drifting away. You know, and uh, people got together, and before I could get out there, two or three other men in the church. I'm going. I'm headed out that way. We're going to help out. What a wonderful thing to have that little bit to lean on. You can't always count on them, but you can count on the one who makes you the brother and sister to them. That's Jesus Christ. He will bless you. And as you endeavor to do what he says and listen to him in his word, we go to verse 47. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. What are you like when you do those things? You're like a man which built his house. A man that built his house. That's quite an accomplishment, isn't it? You're like a person that builds his house. Now, I've talked to some people that build their houses, and I go, well, how far apart did you put the stringers? And how when did you lay? And he goes, oh, what are you talking about? He says, I just paid to have it built. <laughs> He's talking about a man who, in those days, you didn't hire a contractor to do a lot. Although there's something to be said for taking the initiative to get someone else to do it and to pay them and recompense them. It shows some maturity, some diligence to build a house. God likens those that try and endeavor to accomplish his word as a person that can build his own house. And he doesn't just build his own house. He builds it on a rock. It says there's three things there. He builds his own house and he digs deep. That's how I know he's talking to the guy in the first person, because if you're building your own house, 
you don't dig much. I mean, if you're not building your own house, you don't dig much. You hire somebody with a skid steer or a backhoe or whatever. But when you dig, that implies this kind of movement. And uh, I'm sure you want to go into the second language of the Bible. The second to us as English would be the Latin or the Hebrew or the Greek. All those are secondary to English because we have the Bible in the King's English for us in this day and age. And that word dig is physical. And you dig and you get work. Those who do God's work or endeavor to accomplish God's work and set out with a goal with that in mind, he blesses. A foundation on a rock. What's a rock? You dig deep, you find the rock. You don't go down just below the frost line if you know much about construction. Frost, you know what the frost line is in Alaska right here on this island? Really, they, they say no frost line, but minimum for blueprints and stuff, two inches. So we don't get much frost. In my wife's home country and most of Canada, it's four foot. Four foot. Now you go over into the Arctic, it's zero because you've got to float everything there because there's no way you're going to find rock over on the permafrost. You can, you can, they try. My son's been in construction over there in the past, and they try, and sometimes they sink pillars down 20 and 30 feet, drill down, and hit that rock, so they have a base. Now, what's our rock? Jesus Christ says, I am the rock. I am the rock of your salvation. You dig down, and you get into God's word, and you do the best you can with what you've got, and he will, whether it's a shovel or a backhoe, he will bless you. He will count you part of his family. He will give people there to help you. No way in Alaska I could find my phone. We, I've been kicking around snowbanks till 10 o'clock last night looking for my phone because I got home and I shoveled off the walk, and I knew I, I thought I throwed it in my coat pocket, but I didn't zipper it. And so my poor wife's out there with those, you know, maybe it's going to thaw. It's black and it's going to thaw around it. God had it all taken care of already. He knows I need that phone. I'm talking to a guy about the radio program. I don't have his number. He texts me all the time. I go, ah, Lord's going to take care of that. I don't know how, but he did. Dig deep. You go, to, you go to the, you put a little effort in it. You build it on Jesus Christ, not on Billy Sunday, not on R.A. Torrey. I'm using these names. These are great preachers in some circles. Not on Billy Graham. You build your faith. You base your actions on what the Word of God says. Not even what I say. You base it on what the Word of God tells you to do and what the Word of God says to you. My job is to show you. And here's what I'm showing you this morning. You base your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. You base your life on His Word. How come you mix the two so quickly? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it dwelt among us, and we knew Him not. And by verse 14, it says Jesus Christ was the Word. And, and uh, I got, I'm not supposed to be quoting it, because the Lord wasn't going to give it to me right now. <laughs> but you look it up, John 1, 14. And... Uh, the Lord will bless you as you endeavor to accomplish his word. we got just a moment. I'm going to read that to you. 
You dig, you build, you dig, and you look for a rock. That's what your faith is like. That's what your fellowship with God is like. That's what your movement in this world. You'll be successful if you base your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I do that? Okay, you can go over to Romans. Good book. Well, let's go to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How do you build on that rock? By accepting that gift. By realizing you're not going to get to heaven any other way but through that gift. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You're not going to make it any other way. When you get there before the heavenly gates, and they say, by what way you come in? Not that that's going to happen quite that way. But that's the way uh, they talk about it from time to time. And they're gonna, you're going to say, well, I, uh, I went to church every Sunday. Well, that's great. That's commendable. Uh, what else did you do? Well, we don't even want to hear what you did. Because it's not about what you did that will get you through heaven's door. It's about where you put your trust and your belief and governed your, fa- your, your, your life your morality, your spiritual, in your uh, physical life, everything about you, what you based it on. If you think you're a blob that crawled out of the ocean and then grew legs and arms and walked around, base your life on that, you're going to be pretty prone and pretty hard-pressed to get through heaven's gate. But if you had a time in your life, regardless of what you believed, how you were created, that you realized that you were of a divine substance that God made you in his image and that to get to him you have to give get through the savior Jesus Christ who became an image you could identify with and took upon yourself his sins and by his blood you are healed they're not going to ask you any more than that they're going to say we got a place for you sitting over here according to the book of John behold I prepare a place for you and you'll get to heaven. But you're not going to get there unless you put some faith and some trust in what the Word of God says. That's as much as you need to get to heaven, is to place your faith and trust in God's Word and accept His Son as your personal Savior. Then He'll say, you know what? All you're doing when you accept Christ as your personal Savior... Just saying thank you. You're saying thank you. Now, how thankful you are and how much you put into being thankful and how much you want to make your walk endurement with him, you'll be blessed. This is, he's talking about blessings. I don't bless just everybody. I tend to bless my kids first. If I get a $100 bill and I want to give it away, first place I look is needs at home. Then I look at needs somewhere else. And the last place I look for it is, is where Christ is, Christ is not honored. I'm not going to say not named, but he's not honored. Now, in another regards, on the same flip, though, I will invest money so that Christ can be named at the furthest spectrum. But I'm not going to give money away to somebody I don't know 
unless I have a real reason. Jesus Christ gave me that reason. I'm working myself back out of a corner. But at the same time, it just stands to reason. God's going to bless you as you endeavor to become close to him. And he tells you how to do it. Trust in his word and walk in his ways. It's that simple. If I got somebody over here that says, yeah, preacher, I'm a Baptist, and, or I'm a born-again believer, and uh, I could sure use a slice of bread, and I got somebody over here that's, that trusts Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, and struggling to live as a personal Savior, as somebody who's walking with God, he's going to get the piece of bread. But remember, God said, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth from his mouth. And that's all he's asking us to do. Don't follow the dollar as much as you follow his word. And he'll honor you, and he'll give you that dollar. Okay, let's all stand.